Last week, we talked about the story of Zacchaeus and how uh, he was just an outcast uh, to really the Jewish people, even though he, he was a Jew, but he was an evil tax collector. And a tax collector is just a bad dude. Not, not, not really great choices at all because tax collectors seem to be greedy. But this particular day and, and this particular short man wanted to see uh, Jesus. And so he climbed the tree. We all probably familiar with this, some of the story. There's a song with that and everything. And so the Zacchaeus climbed this tree. Jesus was walking by, and he said, hey, Zacchaeus, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to your house, and I'm going to hang out with you, and we're going to spend some time together. And Jesus did that with an evil tax collector. Why? Because Zacchaeus was someone who, uh, was someone who had a need. Zacchaeus was someone who needed some hope in his life because he knows that there was something going on in his heart that wasn't supposed to be there. He knew that greed had settled in into his life and was taking control of his life. Why would any normal man just climb a tree? tree climb a tree is for kids. But this particular day, this particular gentleman wanted to have hope. And we talked about rejuvenate hope is an organization that you can be a part of. Uh, I really appreciate those who have uh, already kind of signed on or, or have uh, contacted Rejuvenate Hope. If you want more information, we do have that information and uh, see us at a connection point. But Rejuvenate Hope is, an, is a ministry that basically uh, ministers to families who have had their kids taken away uh, from them and their... Um, uh, detoxes, I mean, uh, defax is involved with that until they can be detoxed from drugs or get their life in order or those kinds of things. So it is, it is some messy ministry. But so was Zacchaeus. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time with him, and I'm going to show him hope. And so Rejuvenate Hope gives people that opportunity. We can actually share Christ with those uh, families. Sometimes it's a single mom. Uh, sometimes it's a mom and dad. And uh, every situation is a little bit different. And so I would encourage you to get on board with Rejuvenate Hope. Uh, and it uh, doesn't cost you anything, just a little bit of time. And uh, they will train you and would encourage you to do that. Well, today we're going to talk about another opportunity that you and I have uh, to share the love of Christ. And in today's November uh, message, I'm basically entitling this Overflow of Love. An Overflow of uh, of love, I, I think that's a pretty good title for the uh, sermon series of, of November, and it, it talks about uh, basically a necessity that we all need in this life, and that is food. We all need food. Uh, my my teenagers, uh, whenever they go any length of time without any food, they get these red eyes, and and their hair stands up, and they turn into a different creature. And I, sometimes I do fear for my life. Sometimes I like, here's Lincoln, you know, um, just, you know, take him. But they get so hungry if they haven't eaten in a long time. They get grouchy. They get moody. And, and we can all be that way as well whenever we go without food. Well, there's lots of people in this world who go without food. And uh, there's a lot of people in this world who uh, they may have the money to, uh, to get food. Uh, but it may not be the same way you get it. Like, for instance, growing up, my family and I, we were, we were pretty poor. 
And so we would shop at these, um, I may have shared this before, we would shop at these grocery stores that they would have sort of uh, these can labels back in the day when they would put the paper labels on the cans and they would, they would uh, come off. And so the cans that the labels came off, you had no idea what was in those cans. And so you could shop for like next to nothing. So those cans would cost very little. So we'd just go buy a bunch of those cans and put it in, in a box. And we'd get several boxes and we'd bring them home. And whatever was in that can is what we had for dinner. <laughs> it was sort of like mystery. Hey. And so we'd open those cans up and that's, hey, that's what we're having for dinner. And uh, we learned not to complain too much. Uh, but there are people who, who, have to, who have to get their food in a variety of of different ways. And so uh, today we're going to talk about that and we're going to see a story that is in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, while you get your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in 2 Kings, it's in the Old Testament, but while you get your copy of God's Word or, or kind of get ready, if you want to put it on your, get it on your phone, we do have that on the YouVersion Bible app, Bible.com, and uh, search under live events and we are there, Lake Point Church. Uh, but we also have the words uh, of God's word on the screen behind me. But before we get into that, I'm going to share with you this sermon is going to be very simple. He's like, oh, you said the wrong S word. I hope you were going to say short. I'm short. My sermons necessarily are not. But this sermon is actually going to be very simple. And so why? Because I want to just focus in on one idea one thought that we can journey together and that you and I can do something about. And we find this story in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Now, I'm going to set this up uh, in, in, this, uh, in this passage here. Elisha was a, a prophet. Now, some of you who, who maybe have read God's Word or maybe you grew up in Sunday school or whatever, you may have heard of the prophet Elijah and Elijah's the dude that kind of got taken up into heaven by the chariot of fire. And so Elisha was basically an apprentice of Elijah. And God called Elisha to be a prophet after Elijah. So Elisha is this great man of God in this passage. So here we are, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Okay, so this woman, her husband was sort of a group of, of, of the prophets. You kind of had the you kind of had the main prophets, you know, like Elijah and Elisha. And then you probably had some, you know, little prophets. I'd be a little prophet. Okay, Prophet Frank. All right. Um, your servant, she says, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. So her husband has died, and it's actually one of Elisha's servants. Um, verse 2, Elisha replied, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, that's important. A little bit later on, we'll talk about that. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into all of the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She then left him 
and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought, they, their, their neighbors, their neighbors brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Then she went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. So a story there that is, that is pretty miraculous. Um, and you may be sitting here thinking, Frank, those are, that's a nice fairy tale. Those are cute little uh, children's stories. And, you know, I guess for someone who, who, who may be a little bit uh, of a skeptic with that, I, I get that point. I'm skeptic of a lot of things in this life, what, uh, what other people kind of believe. So I, I understand but the, the essential part of being a, a believer in Jesus Christ, of uh, someone who fears the Lord, is someone who by faith believes in those things. Like, I, I totally believe it, that, that there was uh, Noah and the ark. I totally believe that there was a burning bush there with Moses. I totally believe that, that God sent plagues to the nation of Egypt to release the children of Israel. From captivity. I totally believe that the Red Sea parted, and yes, they walked on dry land. I totally believe that Jesus Christ was God's Son. He died on the cross for me and for you. He took our sin. He, was, he died. He was buried in the tomb for three days. God raised him from the dead. He lives in heaven, waiting for us to come join him as he prepares a place. Now, that is the essence of faith. And have I seen those things? No, I have not seen those things. Did I see this woman pour oil in all these jars that her neighbors kept bringing her? No, I did not. And you didn't either. But that is where faith comes in. That's where faith steps in. And so uh, I just want you, even if you're a little bit skeptic, I want you to just have a little bit of faith and think, because that's important as we travel down the story. I want you to have a little bit of faith to think that really happened. That there was a lot of jars. She only had a little bit of olive oil, and she kept filling up those jars. So just have that faith. And here is where we step in. Now, you and I, in this story... In this illustration that I'm using, you and I are the neighbors to this woman. This woman who was a widow, she had two young boys. She wasn't going to be able to survive. She had just a little bit of olive oil. You need that. You need, back in that day, you need, you need olive oil, okay? You need to be able to, you need to, be able to use it, and, uh, and it's, it's part of your life. And so she was desperate. You and I are the people bringing her the jars. She, uh, notice Elisha said, go to your neighbors, go to everyone you can see, find and get as many jars as you can. And um, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Don't ask for just a few. Get as many as you can. And so her neighbors, like you and I, they recognized the need. So you and I, we need to recognize 
the need. We need to recognize that there is a need in that woman's life. You and I have people in our lives that they come to us or they show with their life that there's a need. We need to recognize that there is a need. We need to stop what we're doing. We need to stop the distractions. We need to observe the needs around us. Now, you're hearing that from a guy that that is really hard to do. I'm going to be honest with you. Because the way my mind works, it's, I'm always just like thinking into the future, thinking other things, you know, kind of planner. And so because of that, it's really hard sometimes for me to live in the moment. And so I, uh, as, as I live this life, there are people's needs that go unnoticed. And, um, and so I, that may, can happen with you as well. So I'm encouraged as I read this story to do my best to put myself in situations to where I can recognize the need. The second thing is people removed their excuses. They removed their excuses. If people, if people gave this widow their jars, most likely that there was probably something in those jars. I mean, it's not like there was a bunch of plastic tubs around that time in that period of, of humanity to put things in. These jars were, were, were made, they were handmade out of pottery. And so these jars held things. They, they would hold uh, food. They would hold uh, whatever they can, they can put in there that would hold them. And so people just wouldn't have just a bunch of empty jars. Now, there may have been some, but there had to have been some people who have said, okay, I understand your husband recently died. You're in need of a jar. I got one for you. It's a little bit inconvenient, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I, I, I've got these beans in this jar, which means I've got I've to pour them into something else. I don't know what, maybe a sack or something. But I'm going to do this because you need a jar and you need some help. And I recognize the need in your life. And I'm going to remove the excuses. Here's the excuse. No, I don't really have a jar. Because all my jars are, are, are taken. All my jars are full. That's an excuse. And so what we need to see in the story is you and I need to remove the excuses from our life. Whenever there's people in need and we recognize those needs, we need to empty those things in our life that we're putting ahead of others. And we need to give people what we have, what can help them. So recognize the need, remove the excuses. And the next thing, release your resources. Release your resources. You know, um, these people didn't, they didn't have to give, give their jars, even if they had empty jars. They didn't have to give her that jar. And, and, and I wonder how many jars 
um, that people did not release. I wonder how many houses where, where her and her sons may have asked, hey, do you, do you have any jars? Because, because the prophet Elisha said, if we would just get some jars, a, a miracle's going to happen. Just something's amazing. And, and I just need some jars. Do you have any jars? I wonder how many people said no and did not release those jars. Let me tell you what. Those jars held a miracle from God. Those jars held something spectacular, something amazing. And so when you and I, when we sort of refuse to release our resources, refuse to release our time, to refuse to release our abilities, our talents, refuse to release our treasure, our money to those who are in need, then it's going to be hard for God, for God to bless that. Because it's then and there when we release that, that it is used for miraculous things. And our money and our time and all that, everything that we give to God, God will give it back to us overflowing more than we can ever imagine. Just like what overflowed in those jars. This jar is full. It's overflowing. Give me the next jar. <laughs> We're going. We we'll keep, we'll keep going. That's what God wants to do with your resources, with your time, with your abilities, with, with your talents, with, with your money, it's not, it's not your money anyway. It's all God's. <laughs> and so as, as you release those resources, know this, that God is going to bless it more than you can ever imagine. Now, we're going to get into more of this story in just a moment. I, I'm going to pause right now and share with you a way that you and I can be a help for those who need, specifically when it comes to food. And so I want to introduce you to something that I am so excited about for our church. And I have here uh, on the stage joining us is uh, Melissa Wolf, and um, so excited that she was able to uh, join us here today. Melissa, if you have a seat. And uh, Melissa is going to be here to helping me to try to understand a little bit more about the backpack uh, program. Now, we have been asked as a church to take care of the students here at South Central Middle School who, who, um, uh, who utilize the backpack, um, the backpack program. So as we, uh, as we go on, let me ask just a few questions. And uh, so, Melissa, um, how did Backpack Buddies get started? In 2011, mm -hmm. in the fall of 2011, um, South Central Middle School was a pilot school for the program at that time. It only served 60 students between the city and county schools. So when it began, 60 students? Yes. Okay. And uh, about how many students or children in Bartow County participate right now in Backpack Buddies? Right now we have 550 students in the county school system receiving a backpack. 550. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Um, so, uh, how, how many, uh, how, how many kids at South Central is it, is about 
15? We have 15 students on the program here. Okay. Has it always kind of been that number or just kind of roughly? It has. We keep it smaller in the middle school. Some of our elementary schools with, um, with a bigger population than we have here receive more bags. Okay. Awesome. And uh, what about, uh, what are some of the, um, the food items that are packed into the bags? Every week, um, these bags have non-perishable foods that are kid-friendly, that they can go home and prepare themselves um, without much adult supervision. Okay. And so, um, so like, if, if we uh, had a can, you know, that the kids had to open, it's important to have, like, a like certain uh, opener or top to it, is that right? Yeah, we ask that any canned foods have pop tops. That's easy for kids to um, to open themselves and doesn't require the use of a can opener, which may not be available to them. Yeah, I don't like using those either. I, I prefer the pop tops myself. <laughs> so um, have you seen the effects uh, of this program that it's had on, on children? It has. Um, with this program, our hopes are that school attendance improves, that children's health improves. These are nutritious meals that are sent home for the weekend when school meals are not available to them. Um, and it just helps them uh, stay connected with their school and each other. And uh, we have found that it's been very beneficial for our students. And they, they receive it year after year. Some of our students have been on the program uh, from the very beginning. Mm. So, uh, so every Friday, kids get a bag of food, mm -hmm. and they could either put it in their backpack or you even have some special backpacks. We right? do. They can, um, our middle schoolers in particular have all sorts of ways they want to get it home, but we make sure they get it home one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, uh, have, you, um, have you seen kids who have actually, like, expressed to you, uh, man, I would not have eaten, like, any food this weekend? It, it breaks your heart, but we have um, several who have said that in particular. And not only do they make sure they get it for themselves, but they make sure they get it for their siblings, for their toddler siblings at home who aren't um, school age yet. Um, and they always watch out for each other as well. It's, very, it's a very special program. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, um, Melissa, I so much appreciate uh, you just kind of sharing some light into what we could do uh, here. Uh, Melissa works for Brockton County Schools, and uh, she's always up here. You should get a son that goes here. Caden, Caden, where you at? Caden Wolf? He's in the back. Oh, he's in the back. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and uh, one of Logan's friends. And so, um, so we so much appreciate you being up here. Hey, give Melissa a hand. Thank you. Awesome. And so here is how we step in. This program is really dear to my heart, and I've kind of known about it, but I, I, uh, I didn't really dive into it until we were asked, hey, Lake Point Church, could you help us out here to take care of these kids, these 15 kids here at South Central Middle School? And the more I have come to realize what they do and how it works, the more I realize, you know what? I would have been one of those kids. That kid in that video, that would have been me. And so that's one reason why it's really, really dear to my heart. Um, and I'm sure it's touched some of your hearts as well. And so here is how all that is going to, to work with our church. We've got a system down and we've been spending several weeks sort of organizing how we're going to do this. 
And um, some of you may be asking, okay, what, what have the kids been doing since the beginning of the school year till, till now? Well, there are some other churches that are, that are involved and that are, that are kind of taking care of some other, uh, several schools. And so they, are, they have been doing uh, that, and we've been cl- uh, collaborating with other churches. Uh, but we are now taking uh, on this role as to being the sole provider uh, church for what is going to happen here at the Backpack Buddy program at South Central Middle School. The very kids that sit in those seats that you're sitting in right now. And so um, what we're going to do is uh, we are going to uh, purchase food because it's so, it's so specific. It's so particular, the kinds of food that they, they need to get. And so we, we have someone within our, uh, within our church, uh, actually Jennifer Tucker, who's, going to, who's our volunteer uh, of the week. And Jennifer is going to be heading up our Backpack Buddy program here at Lake Point Church. And so she is going to be going shopping for uh, all this food. Now, one thing about Jennifer, she loves to shop. If you know Jennifer, she loves to get those deals. She's a couponer and all that stuff. Every once in a while, she shows up with some treats at our house. It's like, hey, I got a, a, like several boxes of these. And, and uh, so, but Jennifer will be taking on that role. But here's where we need your help. We need 20 people giving $20 a month. Now, this is above and beyond what the Lord has been telling you to give for your tithes. Now, my, my wife and I, we, we, we give 10%. We, we have always given 10%. I know many of y'all give 10% as well uh, to the Lord. And so whatever that percentage is that you give to the Lord, um, the Lord is going to bless you even more if this $20 is above and beyond that. And so we need 20 people or 20 families to say, yes, I will take a kid I will sponsor a kid here at South Central Middle School, and I will help feed them over the weekend. Now, it, it, it takes about somewhere in the neighborhood of five, six, maybe seven dollars, somewhere around there to, to purchase all this food uh, for uh, one child for the weekend. And so that's why we're looking for 20 people, $20 a month. Now you say, well, well, Frank, if I'm interested in doing that, what are the parameters? What do I need to do? Well, in your insert, in your bulletin, you have this insert that says Backpack Buddies. You may have sort of figured out uh, where we're going with all of this. So in this Backpack Buddy uh, insert, you will see uh, what uh, this program is all about. And also, there's a commitment form. Now, there's no way to tear off this form. If you're interested, you could just... Fill out this form, turn it in at the offering uh, here at the end of the service, or turn it in at, at connection point. Um, you could turn it in like it is, or you could fold it and turn it in. It doesn't matter. But we need just a simple, you, just your name, your phone number, and one of the three options. Option number one is, I commit to $20 a month on a monthly basis. Now, you may say, you may do that via check, or through online giving, you know, or whatever, or through the mail. Uh, whatever, whatever is, is the best way for you to do that. But we ask that you just notify us, indicate on either check or your, uh, what you're mailing or, or even your online gift. You can, uh, you can do that also. Uh, but if you 
want to commit to $20 a month, you, you check that box. The next box is I commit to $20 a month as a one-time gift of $120. Now, what that's going to do is that's going to take care of the rest of the school year. $120 for one kid. Some of you might be like, hey, I'm going to take care of a kid, $120. And uh, if you're ready to write that check today or whatever, uh, indicate on your check uh, what that's for. And, uh, but this commitment card is only for this school year, because guess what? Around July, sometime in the summer, we're going we're gonna to give out more commitment cards to people and uh, give you an opportunity uh, to bless a child through Backpack Buddies. And then another uh, option is uh, I will commit to a one-time gift of whatever that amount is. You may be sitting there thinking, you know, Frank, I can't commit to, to $20 a month. There's just no way. Uh, or, or I can't commit uh, just a, a one-time big gift, but I can commit, you know, a $5, $10, $50, whatever that is. And, and if that's you, we will make sure it goes into, um, into the program. Now, when we receive those funds, and as we receive those funds, Jennifer Tucker is going to be purchasing that food, and she's going to be bringing it here. We have a place to store it here at South Central Middle School. That, that's one of the benefits of meeting at a school uh, where we are sponsoring the Backpack Buddy program. So she's going to be bringing the food in here. In fact, in this closet right over here to my right, your left. And so it's behind locked doors, and she's going to be bringing it in there. And then whenever, if you want to help uh, put those bags together on Sunday morning, uh, you're going to have that opportunity to do so. I know there are people who come early and kind of help us set up. If you're kind of done early with setting up, and if you have nothing to do, hey, we got something for you to do. And we're going to pack those bags, and then we're going to put those bags back into the room, and they're ready to go for the following Friday. And so the kids get those bags on Friday, take them home, and they're good to go. Now, let me tell you something. The passage that I just read a, a, a few minutes ago uh, about recognizing the need, I, I think we all in this room recognize the need, just that video alone. And, and, and I think remove your excuses. I've just removed pretty much any excuse you have. Well, I can't go buy the food. We're buying the food. I can't really, I don't know what to pack. I, I don't, you don't need to worry about it. I can't commit to $120. I can't commit to $20 a month. Hey, commit to something. We're removing your excuses for you. You might need to remove some excuses from your heart. And then the last thing is you got to release your resources. Release those resources to help a child in need. So while you're thinking, and as I'm going to close out this message real quick, while you're thinking about what you can give and uh, what checks are being written or whatever, and if you want to take this home and pray about it, that's fine. Just contact us. But I need 20, 20, 20 people giving $20 a month. If you want to sponsor more than one child, you could do that. So the first part of this message was about how do we accept, how can we be like Jesus and I want to close out with how can, we, how can we invite Jesus? How can we take Jesus and accept him into our life based on the story? Well, first of all, this widow in this story, she acknowledged her dependence. She acknowledged that she needed help. She acknowledged that she needs something greater in her life. She can't do it on her own. You might be sitting here today 
thinking, you know, Frank, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a situation in my life where I just, I just can't handle it anymore. I can't do it. And you know what? We all get to those points in our life. But you need to acknowledge that dependence, that you need to depend on something greater. The next thing you do, you, you've got to empty yourself. Just like those people who emptied their, their jars, you have to empty yourself. You, you know that saying of, you're so full of yourself. <laughs> I've had people tell me that as, as a teenager, because I was so full of myself. Well, we got to empty ourselves of who we are and, and, and who we think we are and just come humbly before God. Say, God, I need you. I acknowledge my dependence on you as Savior. And then you got to accept the help of others. you got to sit here and accept these words. You cannot just be sitting there with a hard heart and thinking, man, what is that, what is that guy up there on stage knows what, know what he's talking about? He doesn't know my situation. I don't know your situation, but God does. And so you need to, uh, you need to accept the help of others. You need to accept the words that I'm sharing with you right now. Accept those words, just like the, that widow accepted those jars of those people. It's humbling, yes, but there's a greater miracle that God can do in your life. God can do a great miracle in every area of your life, like all of those jars that represent different areas in your life. You need to surrender those jars those areas in your life that you've not surrendered over to Christ and let him be Lord and Savior of your life. Don't, don't approach this with a hardened heart. Walk in humility and say, I need a Savior. I need somebody to help me. 